Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this week in production, some of us are headed north, but not me. Joining me in the TWIP studio, Mr. Thomas Chartran and Mr. Christian Schlicht. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, Art. We are on the eve, literally the eve, of the Iditarod 49. Another Iditarod. We were leaving Alaska last year together at the cusp of the COVID shutdown. Right. We knew it was coming. Didn't know how bad it was going to be once we got up there. And by the time we got to Nome, the world changed. You know, we were out on the trail, Christian, and everything was happening. And we were hearing rumors. And it just went, it's crazy. It's been a year. I frequently refer to it as the world as we knew it. So it's been a year. It's been, I I don't think anyone really predicted how the year would have played out. Um, What are your thoughts on the one-year lapse since you left Alaska? Well, what's really weird is I feel like this is like a bookend of a horrible dream. You know, it's like last year, everything changed. We went through a year of completely different work situations and life situations, even social situations, because a lot of my work life is based around you guys and, you know, other colleagues that we work with. And that all came to a screeching halt. And we've had to redo everything now that we're going back to Iditarod and we're hearing about vaccinations and things like that. I'm just looking at it like a new horizon that maybe when we get through this year's Iditarod, we'll maybe be on the other side of, of this nightmare, you know? What about you, Christian? What are your thoughts on one year's? A lot has transpired in the last year. You know, for many people, it's been a grim, sad year. Um, I'm grateful that, you know, I haven't had too much effect, but I also feel for those who, you know, have had certain losses and unemployment and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can kind of use this one year mark as a reminder of our humility and just kind of be safe and continue going forward in the right direction as it seems things are going now with the vaccine rollout and, you know, social distancing stuff seems to be kind of still in effect, which is good. And, uh, I'm optimistic for this next year and I'm, I, you know, I hope for my colleagues and theirs that everything's slowly returns to a new normal this year. I am hopeful that a vaccine is in the near future. I am hopeful that the work that is planned that normally keeps us employed for much of the year, at least for me, is resuming as expected. Um, any hesitations for you, Tom, about going back to Iditarod this year? Not, not really. Just as far as the the this health situation. Any on any front? I mean, I sort of knew going in that I was not planning on going unless there was going to be a lot of pushback. But when I asked you about going, I explained the plan. Did you have any hesitation in? Not not myself going out there. My main hesitation was that I knew as we discussed what was going on that the race itself 
had changed so much that checkpoints weren't going to be what they are. You weren't going to have access to certain villages that you normally go through, which is completely understandable. You don't want to put these people at risk when they're not anywhere near their their healthcare providers or things like that. But so many unknowns on the trail. And that that made me nervous about the prospect of getting on the trail. And so I'm actually I feel better going in there and doing what you would typically go and do if you were there. They'll still iron out all these things, the Air Force, the movement, the where people are going to be. Um, I'll, I feel good about it and feel safer myself. But that was my main hesitation was all the unknowns. How's that going to unfold? What about you, Christian? Any hesitations on your part? You know, just from I would say I'm mostly hesitant about just making sure that the COVID testing is on point because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of factors in play in the Iditarod, but once they un- kind of unrolled or once they rolled out their plan for this year's race and they explained to us how we're going to be tested and separated and transported around, I felt definitely in a safer spot than I had let my imagination lead me to believe. But, um, I feel good. I feel ready. You know, we've had some thorough testing and preparation for this, and uh, I I feel confident that we're going to carry it out successfully. Yeah, I I don't have any uh, doubts about the the plan. As as you say, though, as long as the plan stays intact, they've been very cautious. I mean, this is this has been a disaster from the Iditarod's standpoint. They're a not for profit. They're not a big outfit. They don't have a big bankroll. They can't like like United or Delta, like the airlines. They're just basically eating losses every day until this thing clears up. Like Iditarod can't do that. So this has been a disaster from the Iditarod standpoint. The fact that they're even having the race is really a miracle. But they've been cautious and they all the signs to me where there was a chance for them to take risk. They have not taken the risk like the ceremonial start in downtown Anchorage on 4th Street, like that would have been a huge risk. And I know that they were considering that for a long time. And I'm glad that, I mean, I'm glad for your sakes, you know, my crew that's going out, like I didn't want to put you guys in that situation. Even if they said it would probably be safe, I wasn't really comfortable with that. So I'm glad that that sort of came and passed and they are taking a lot of other precautions like not having the finishers banquet and they're not allowing the public into the start or the finish lines though i have heard we had uh, one of the mushers uh, a famous musher if you're not familiar with the i did a ride look her up didi genre we did a pre-taped uh musher conversation with her and she was explaining that the area where the start will be is quite open and accessible to the public if they wanted to participate they can't really Ah. control it so we'll have to see how that plays out yeah the alaskans are sort of known for taking this as like a nfl sunday kind of event they like to tailgate they like to socialize so i don't know how that part will play out I'm a little concerned about that, but all the other signs seem to be that it's safe. Now, there's lots of new wrinkles because the workflow is going to be different this year. I, As I said on the podcast before, I'm not going up. That doesn't really affect the workflow except for the fact that we're using new gear mm-hmm. and the main feeds are all coming back to New York before they get distributed out. 
to the various locations. Right. And we've been doing this on golf, Christian. You've been on the front yeah. line with the golf jobs. We've tested this Intenor stuff. Tom, you've been on the receiving end right. of these Intenor jobs on the golf. Monitoring cameras. Monitoring and, the yeah. feeds and all that. So it's stuff that we've done. I feel very confident about that aspect of it. But the client yeah. is not as confident. I mean, they trust me, and but there's a little bit of mystery for them. And both of you now are basically going in and you're going to be the front face. You're going to be me, especially in terms of taking that first punch, maybe from absolutely from I did arrive. <laughs> and the wrinkle is, you know, this equipment as well tested as it's been throughout the country, as yeah. you have, we don't know the unknowns of Alaska. Yeah. Where right. infrastructure is maybe not as well set up. So right. there's some unknowns. There are some unknowns, but we are not necessarily going to be relying on cellular connectivity the way we did with the golf jobs. Right. Because there frankly, there is not much cellular yeah. in all these areas. <laughs> there's a little bit at the start and at the finish, and we hope to use that. And we right. certainly will try to use it if we can, Absolutely. just for our own knowledge and benchmarking. Absolutely. We're gonna but have some fun. Mostly we're relying on the telecom provider to provide a broadband link. And I say broadband, and I do not mean fast. We're talking about maybe four megabit up and maybe 15 down, you know, is what we're probably looking at. So it should be enough to squeeze out streams. We have big plans for the streams. We're going to have multiple camera crews. Christian, you're going to lead one of the yeah. live stream teams on the trail. There'll be two other units. And then, Tom, you'll be basically the Alaska control room. I'll be the New York control room. And this year we're going to run shifts, right. which is different. Last year, basically, I was on call 24-7. Absolutely. Having to be, you know, at the beck and call of the uh, feeds coming in, recording them, distributing them, making sure they're working. And that's not a great experience for anyone. And as you guys can attest, when I don't get my beauty sleep, I turn <laughs> into... <laughs> Betty White. So this should be better. You'll be on the local Alaska time. I'll be on the early shift New York time. You're always on the early shift anyway. And it, it should it should be good. What are you um, looking forward to? Anything this year you're looking for? I mean, you haven't really been out much, Tom. No, no, I haven't. So, Tom, what are you looking forward to about this Iditarod most? I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to being in a familiar place that feels like normality is returning to my world. You know, I've been plenty busy, but pretty much home-based where I am and um, running my business, you know, making do with the way things have changed. And so this is going to feel like, all right. It's a new year. Things are getting back to normal. They're running the Iditarod. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the event unfolding and seeing everybody tough their way through it and making it happen so that next year it can be really normal. Christian, what about you? What are you looking forward to about this year's Iditarod? I'd have to piggyback off of what Tom said about being in a familiar place. You're not allowed to do that. No? <laughs> <laughs> no piggyback. It's not, it's not covid quarantine <laughs> what do you call a six foot piggyback um i'm looking forward to being in alaska again um we spent the last six months getting familiar with this gear and kind of perfecting the ins and outs of it and troubleshooting things that happened um you know the, the last year has been a year of adaptation so taking 
what we've learned with this new gear and bring it into a whole new environment for sure. Like you said, there's not a whole lot of cellular up there and, and, you know, kind of troubleshooting our way through, you know, the last frontier is going to be a challenge. And if anything's proven, it's this whole last year has been a challenge. So why not end this last year of COVID on a, the note of just keep going forward and add and just keep going forward and forward and adapting to what, the Iditarod throws at us, and uh, I'm looking forward to kind of being the on-the-ground uh, knowledge behind this Intenor gear and, you know, relaying to some of my colleagues what I can and troubleshooting what is to come because, you know— and you're going to see some amazing new places that yeah. you haven't been to yet, so yeah, you've got a lot to look forward to. Last year, I didn't get to see as many villages as I wanted to, and this year seems like I'll have actually a couple more, so I'm looking right. forward well, to that. technically, you won't get to see any villages. Right. right. Part of the COVID plan is that the race is going outside of the actual villages. And what will be tough, not so much for you, Tom, because you're going to be in a hotel, nice bed. You're a little different for you. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm going to miss being on the trail. But for you, Christian, you will even have less infrastructure than you had last year in terms of buildings and, you know, power. And Everything is going to be... Uh, minimal tents and you know a hole in the ice yeah. and uh, maybe some toilet paper if you're lucky yeah but you know what the the iditarod didn't start with all those creature comforts so this kind of has like a native feel to it now and uh i have thick skin for stuff like that and you know you're only as good as your gear so i have it and i'm ready to take it on yeah you're you're in a good position age-wise you haven't yeah. been corrupted too much with uh, <laughs> you know the good life yeah and uh, though on some of the jobs that we do together you know we are treated really nicely and yeah as you get older you're like eh, tent floor cold no as our friend uh, mr lulita would say no i'm not going to alaska baby's not doing that <laughs> <laughs> but when we were in alaska last year and this is the part that i don't i'm i'm in a way in a way i'm glad i'm not going but there's part of me that is still trying to understand in my brain that i'm not going right. it doesn't <laughs> quite feel right to me but when we were in alaska at the tail end of the race trying to get home and that hotel that we stay in which is the the lakefront uh millennium hotel uh, it was really shut down. There was nothing. It was scary, too. It was like very few staff. The restaurant wasn't open. Um, and it was just had this eeriness to it. And I'm not sure what that part of it's going to be like. You're going to be at that hotel for two weeks. You're right. only going to be at that hotel for a couple of days. Yeah. I'm looking forward to not being at that hotel not having to witness it because there's yes. a buzz that goes on at the the beginning of the Iditarod and all the people and the mushers the fans and i'm sure there won't be that buzz at all as yeah. bad as that hotel is and it's bad for many reasons as bad as that hotel is when it's fully operational right when it's not operational at all it's 10 times worse well now you're making me not want to get on that sprinter van and go to the airport tomorrow. Just, just be quiet. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and that's and that's another little wrinkle now is that normally we, you and I, Tom, would travel together. Right. Christian, you traveled with us last year. We yeah. all sort of managed the uh, the process of getting the equipment to Alaska. Now 
you're going alone, Christian. You're not going up until much later in the week because of the COVID um, restrictions. Yeah. So, Tom, you're traveling probably with 12 pieces of equipment yeah. by yourself. I'm going to get you to the airport, and then right. you'll have someone at the other end we'll helping, you, the cart, but... helping you out. But that part will be different. It's going to be a logistical thing just getting it all set up and i've spent seven years watching you do it and being there when you needed help but now it's it's a new challenge which i'm looking forward to you know and i i, I will miss being on the trail because I, I like christian said it's a it's a short time you can tough it out you see cool things so that'll miss but this is a new challenge that i think is going to be a lot of fun you know and it'll be neat trying to run two control rooms from different parts of the country and it'll be a really good equipment test yeah, it will definitely prove the, and I don't really have much doubt that this will work, but it'll prove to everybody that it really can be done anywhere. Right. And we'll have to see. Next year is sort of um, strange because it is their 50th anniversary. And I've been doing this now. This would have been my 15th year in state. Mm-hmm. So I would like to say I was there at the 50th. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not promising, Chaz, that I will be there. <laughs> but it would be a nice thing to do is right. to be there in person for 50. But the, the you know, the, the political environment around the Iditarod and their the PETA attacks, mm-hmm. it's really hurt the race bad. They've lost a lot of sponsors. So I am hopeful that they can rally, that they can pull the 50th off. Right. You know, if you have any interest in what we're talking about or you want to see any of this, you can go to Iditarod.com. You can support the race by purchasing a subscription. That's how they generate their revenue. Uh, it's, it's called the Iditarod Insider, and I think it's $33.95 for the video package. Greg Heister and and uh, his guys really do a great job of recording dramatic images, yeah. editing. It's always won Emmys. So it's it's definitely, if you have any interest in dogs or Alaska or just that sort of man versus nature, you should check it out. It's definitely worth it. And, and also the, the GPS tracker is a uh, the GPS tracker is a cool yeah tool as well to be able to follow the race and get bios on the mushers and really dig in and learn about what makes these people tick and yeah. their and their animals. Yeah, there's a lot of content that goes up, and it's it, check it out if you have any interest in it. It's the only plug that I've ever given them. Really, um, we'll but, be sending a twenty four seven feed this year, right? We will basically be live, and we hope to be live from multiple checkpoints and hopping between them as action occurs. Yeah, right. And yes, it'll be twenty four seven for you know at least most one or two days. Yeah, right. No, probably, <laughs> one or two, one or two probably, hours. <laughs> probably more than that. The um, the other pieces that are a little bit of the unknowns are going to be just logistical problems, weather problems, yeah. things that we can't control. We can't really plan for them as you know christian flying in bush planes that fly under visual flight um, readings you can't fly when there's no light you can't fly when there's no visibility and you could be stuck in a checkpoint as you were last year time you were stuck three days i was stuck in kayakuk for three days they couldn't get me to know i was going to get there and help set up the cameras at the uh, on the uh the burled arch and it was a real logistical 
yeah. pain. Right. <laughs> and so those are things that we don't have any control over. We don't have the budget for redundant crews in every checkpoint and all that stuff. So it's it's just something that we, we don't know. And that's part of the unknown. It's yeah. part of the figuring it out. The figuring it out. Yeah. And uh, the, the only good thing I think that is not happening this year is the uh, – the extra effort we need to provide our Norwegian broadcast partners. They're not sending in as much uh, resources. They're not really sending any resources in. And there's no uh, special circumstances that we're feeding live content to them in their live day parts. It added a lot of extra work a to of, a race last year. A lot of year, stress yeah. and a lot yeah. of time and, and just grinding on mm-hmm. the crew. And the clock. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of late nights last year. Hopefully it won't be like that. <laughs> Having flashbacks. <laughs> three-hour three hour live hits at you know, midnight local time were just gruesome, but rewarding because yeah. once you'd finish, you'd be like, I did that. And I specifically remember 2.35 a.m. at Cripple Checkpoint. Everybody was set up. And the worst part was the camera was on a tripod. So normally you're walking around, you're moving around, generating some heat. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think, minus 25. And that interview commentary went on for almost two hours. I just thought I was going to be Jack Nicholson in Shining in that little snow drift. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll probably do an exit interview podcast. You guys will be in Anchorage. I'll be here. We'll we'll do it, um, you know, remotely, so to speak. And we'll... uh, We'll see how it went. I mean, there'll probably be a couple more TWIP episodes about the Iditarod <laughs> as we go along. I mean, things are going to get all fast and furious. Yes, they in are. In a hurry. Starting in about 12 hours. Well, gentlemen, I wish you good luck. Thank you. Thanks, Art. And we'll see you uh, on the train. On your return. On the other side. Yes, thank you. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.